We the people tell the government what to do. It doesn't tell us. We the people are the driver. The government is the car. And we decide where it should go and by what route and how fast. Almost all the world's constitutions are documents in which governments tell the people what their privileges are. Hey everyone, welcome once again to yet another episode of Two Noobs Talking. It's episode 98. Uh, John, how you doing, man? What's going on? I'm good. I've got all this space now. Crazy. No, it's crazy, right? I mean, we have officially moved away from Zoom, which was our platform, mm-hmm. and now we're on Riverside.fm. We're not sponsored yeah. by them, but we're hopefully we'll get a contract. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, but this is all brand funny. new. Yeah, it's pretty freaking cool. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. Yeah, we're wishing, of course, Steve Murray are going to flash his photo up on screen. Just absolutely loving life down at the shore. <laughs> but that's Steve, up, Steve. What's going on, man? Hope you're having a great time down there in uh, in Ocean City. We miss you, but uh, I know you're having a great time. I know it well-deserved vacation. So hopefully you're doing well there, man. Uh, but John, what's going on, man? Episode ninety-eight of Two Noobs. What's what's happening? Yeah, vacant, man. Yeah, we uh, damn, that's a lot of episodes. Uh, <laughs> so many changes, so yeah. many changes so fast. I got a new studio, as people can see. Yeah, they do not look like I'm in a box now. No, How's and that will change. I mean, you're probably more spread out now, man. Oh, wait, that, it's actually really funny. I'm staring yeah. at well, the Phillies game over there, but I'm also staring <laughs> at all the stuff that used to be behind me is now in front of me. That's wild. Yeah, that's it's wild. Pretty interesting. Oh, that's pretty cool, though. Yeah. We're getting there. We're going to try some different camera angles. We're going to try all kinds of stuff. So, I love the Eagles flag, though. I mean, that's like the coolest looking flag I think. Yes, I've seen. big big props to my brother. My brother when I when I moved to uh, when I moved to Dallas, when I finally moved away from Philadelphia, my brother made sure to uh, to give me that for uh, so I could always be an Eagles fan because you know we're full on Eagles fans. We're never not going to be. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, you can't forget. This has been all over the country with me, so I love it. So I want to put it up. That's awesome. I absolutely love it. So, of course, John, like as we traditionally do, we try and figure out who wore the episode number right in the city of Philadelphia. And, you know, we're done with the Sixers. (laughs) Yeah, I was just going to say, we're done with the Sixers and Flyers. But, yeah, we have a fair number of Eagles that wore it. Um, most notably, the, the I guess you could say the most recent guy was Hassan Ridgeway. We're going to just pass by him real quick. But back in the day, Connor Barwin wore it. Pretty yes, good defensive end, right? I mean, you know, yeah, wide totally. nine, you know, captain good of the wide nine. Being. Yeah, also, a good human being. Great interview. Yeah. yeah. Hell I, yeah. I liked him when he was here. Yeah, big fan of him. Then prior to that, we had Mike Patterson, another thick-necked defensive yes, love tackle. The defensive ta- I love defensive tackles. Can you tell? Can you tell my favorite field is defensive tackle? I don't know if anybody can, but I love love defensive linemen. And he was a great one. And he was, I mean, he was kind of like, I guess you could say a little bit under the radar for a lot of play, but he was a really good run stuff. He was a good plug. Yeah, he was a good plug. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. USC, if I believe. I believe he was uh, for USC. I think think so. Yeah, I'll have to look that up. <laughs> he went to USC. You're exactly right. There you go. Um, I don't have that technology yet to uh, look up yet, but we're getting there. We're well, first I do. So I'm there. I'm there to help you out there, Johnny. Brandon Whiting. That. Brandon Whiting. Then prior to that, and another. Yes, that was the Andy Reid era. Yeah. That was the Andy Reid era. Exactly. Like so he had some great players. But then, of course, like the 
the first guy that ever wore 98 mm-hmm. for the Philadelphia Eagles was one Mike Ditka. Yes, and now if that, you saw me in, if you saw me in Steve's episode that we did in the Two Noobs, uh, was the Dick episode there for the Eagles also, and we <laughs> fell all over Mike Ditka. So we're not going to fall over Mike Ditka again. Exactly. Go, go, you know, go Bears or whatever, or go Bears or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> there was though. One really special player that won yes, 98. Yes. And it's the shout out to, to Steve's boy, Keith Murray, his yes. oldest, uh, his, yeah, his son. Uh, yes, yes. So, Keith, if you're listening, man, congratulations. You've made the list of two noobs. And uh, we're flashing your you're picture up here on the screen, man. Yeah, hell yeah. Hell yeah. The future, the future Murray that's playing hockey. Gotta love it. So, he's looking pretty good out there, too, Johnny. I mean, you know, out there, left winger, you never know. Oh, yeah, we're keeping. So, I keep tabs on them. Yeah, exactly. The next, uh, the next generation of Murray's going out there and playing hockey. So we'll see, see how that goes. But Johnny, as we roll on here, let's go ahead and introduce topic one, um, yes. and not without much controversy, as we always do on two noobs. We always seem to find very much the controversial stories. But this one, this one really got us going, um, because again, it's COVID. And it's mm-hmm. corruption behind the virus, right? I mean, we're looking at yeah, this. John McEnroe on Novak Djokovic, and he's the number one ranked tennis player in the world right now. Mm-hmm. And he may, and he's a hell of a, but yeah, you could rank him right up there with Agassi Sampras, you know, all the greats, Federer, Nadal. He might miss the U.S. Open, Johnny, uh, over COVID rules from the United States government. And the reason being, is that any foreigner, with the exception of maybe the Mexicans down there in the southern border of the United States, any foreigner Dang. that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> isn't without controversy, right, Johnny? Um, any foreigner that's coming into the United States, they have to be vaccinated. They absolutely must be vaccinated. Djokovic is not vaccinated. And McEnroe, typical John McEnroe, which, you know, back in the day, I hated him. But now it's like, I love this guy. He's like, he's normally right. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. But he basically was saying, listen, this guy is in top physical condition. He doesn't have comorbidities at all. He's Mm -hmm. a tennis player. So you're at your top physical condition. You're playing tennis for probably, I guess the average match is about three hours for the men's side, I would think. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're in the top shape of your life. Why do you need to produce a COVID vaccine that you got stamped? I mean, John, yeah, we, we, we were talking about this the other week with the JT Rimuto and um, yeah. and all and uh, uh, what that what the heck was his name? Uh, Wiggins. Um, yeah, we regretted it. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. Andrew Wiggins. And, yeah. and, and Steve Steve caught that piece that I said like you can't tell these that these guys work out. They don't need. They don't need the medical help that someone that has, you know, lung disease needs. But yeah. these rules are one size fits all, and it's it's ridiculous. Hey, McEnroe's absolutely right. This is bullshit. Yeah, like, there's no other way to get around it. You're one size fits all. Everything. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. For what? For what? Very little death rate. They don't even record the death rate anymore, so you know it's lower than a an a thousand per day. 
because they don't but, even yeah. record it anymore. I was just going to say, like, I think globally, yeah, they're old. <laughs> globally, I think it's like five, six million. And there's 7 billion people in the country yeah. or in the world. So it's kind of like, uh, okay. So we're lot. making, yeah. So we're making this one exception for this, the greatest one of it is right now. He is the greatest tennis player in the world right now on the men's side. Yeah. No question about it. And he potentially is not going to make it. I love McEnroe's quote. Can I read this? I mean, yes, this please. is a great quote. Well, first of all, I think it's bullshit. That's what I think. I think he should be allowed to play. My personal opinion, as I've been vaccinated, I had a booster shot, that's up to the individual. If I were him, and I'm not him, he's won a lot more majors than me, probably because he's dug in his heels heels, and found the gear that will, that will, that very few people in any sport have ever found. So that's mm-hmm. part of what made him great, what makes him so great. He sticks to his guns. He's perfectly entitled to make the decision. The guy is one of the greatest athletes in any sport. He's very careful about anything he puts into his body. You know, we yeah. have that. We could stop right there, right? Yeah. I mean, we've yeah. had, what is it? Fernando Tatis in San Diego just got pop, pop positive, not for COVID, but some other substance that he yeah. like put into his body. He's out for the rest of the season for the San yeah. Diego Padres. You know, it's like you've got to be careful what you intake. And it's like... But most athletes are, and if they're hesitant about the vaccine, that's their right. Yeah, it's your right yeah. to it's your right to question medical procedure. It it totally is. That that didn't go away just because COVID showed up and idiots like Fauci and uh, the the next person in our next topic. Uh, these people came along and said stupid things. It doesn't it doesn't change the fact that if he doesn't want to get a vaccine, nobody should have any judgment. Yeah. It's like yeah. I heard it. I heard. I heard a comedian say the other day. Something. It wasn't about COVID. It was about. It was about judging other people. And he was like, "If you really look at it, like if you really take it down to a person that is like, well, you should do this because I think you should." That's literally like running into a Dunkin' Donuts and slapping a donut out of someone's hand because you're on a diet. Yeah. That's how ridiculous it is. Great point. That's how That's a- absolutely ridiculous. Ridiculous. It has Someone been. Having, if he says, I don't want to go get a COVID vaccine, whatever, bro. That's, that's, that's you. Yeah. I yeah, can't the, think. But, go ahead. Go ahead. What were you going to say, John? Go ahead. You can't think for other people. Yeah. And that's why I like that John Macron is coming out because he's a high profile. He's controversial. So you know news outlets are going to pick it up. And it's good because this needs to come. He's absolutely right. This is absolute bullshit that the federal government who can't do immigration right anyway, Yeah, there's your first yeah. shot, mm-hmm. is trying to tell someone who's traveling on a work visa what they can and can't put in their body, and they're not allowed to perform in their profession, in their work profession, unless they follow their rules. Yeah. This is, it's extremely hypocritical. It sure is. And not only that, extremely. but it's the fact that he... Again, I go back, he's in top physical condition. And it's not Ooh. like when I've watched tennis matches, it's not like when they go and grab tennis balls from the ball boys. They don't run up to them and breathe on them and yeah. say, here, could you? the ball gets bounced to them and they're six feet apart. So I don't want to hear any tennis excuses at that tennis point. Tennis is one sport where you could be COVID reliable. Yeah while playing the game it's not like it's basketball where you're rubbing up against someone or football or 
Yep. You know, it's a little bit, it, it's kind of like baseball where there's not much close contact other no. than, you know, at home plate, but there's even less close contact on a tennis court. On a tennis court. Yeah, exactly. Um, McEnroe continues. It's frustrating to see at this point where we're sitting here and we're all having a great time at soccer games or whatever, but yet he's not allowed into the country right now because he's not vaccinated. It's really unfortunate, but that's the rules we really have to fight right now with the government. I don't agree with it, but it's C.S. Levy at the moment. Yeah. I mean, it's a great quote by McEnroe. And really, the article we have here, it's really up to the government to change the travel policy that will mm -hmm. allow Jokovic to come and play. The USTA, the United States Tennis Association, has already said it's, a, it's, a, it's adhering to the federal regulations. So their hands are tied. They yeah. can't. I, but that's my question. My question to them would be, are you able to then change those regulations? Maybe not the federal ones, but are you able to say, hey, look, as an exemption, what exemptions you, you, can they generate? That might be more of a question. Either, for well, the rules are the rules are bullshit anyway, because they're not they're not being enforced. They're not being enforced all the way. Yeah, they're being enforced where they want to be enforced, because like like we just said, and I was just down on the border. It's not being enforced there. Yeah, it's an yeah. immigration joke in this country with and and this is this is a prime example of immigration being a joke because you're taking a five star athlete who probably has enough money to fly on a private jet who probably can afford all the medication that he would need to prevent something like this. And you're saying, well, you can't you can't come in the country unless you're jabbed. It's it's it's, it's crazy. Yeah, he's won 21 Grand Slam titles. Just to give you an idea of his resume, 21 Grand Slams. He won Wimbledon this past season or this past summer. He yeah. also was unable to play at the Australian Open. He was actually deported, John. Well, that's a, that, and that, and that's a great point. That shows you how ridiculous the ridiculous. United States government is, because we're acting like people in Australia. And I'll show you, it's just a lunacy with the helicopter chasing people home. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it really gets to a point where to get beyond this, the science now is changing, mm -hmm. evolving, I guess you could say now, to a point where there are all kinds of studies where the vaccines, despite the fact you get two shots, right? Mm -hmm. and you get boosted two more times, mm -hmm. you still come mm -hmm. down with this disease. Yes, it's mild. I'll grant them that point. Okay, I'll grant them that. But at the same time, it's kind of like, but, come on. You're still getting the disease despite being vaccinated. So what's the and point? That's, that's the whole point is we got the vaccines so that we could get the herd immunity with the vaccines and everything would work and it would become what COVID has become now, a very mild virus that mm -hmm. will run around, but it doesn't really, doesn't do much damage. It does some damage, the flu, the flu and it are very similar with yep. the damage that it does. Mm -hmm. um, and we live with that. Um, yeah, it's the, it, you're starting to see that the virus is doing what we thought the virus would do. Yeah, the people are not doing what not. we thought the people would do because this is just asinine. Having yeah. COVID rules in in August 20, 2022, having mm -hmm. any type of COVID rules after even the CDC pulled back the six feet, pulled back the quarantining, pulled back all the all, they pulled it all back, <laughs> and the federal government is still up. You still need a vaccine to come in. Makes no sense. No sense. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's not only that, but it also affects the workplaces too. And we've yeah. talked about that, of course. This thing course. should have been wrapped up a year ago, but yeah, they're dragging their feet. Yeah, yeah. All right, John. Well, here we go with topic number two. And uh, well, why don't we keep on the COVID train? Uh, I'd love to get off this train sooner, la- sooner rather than later, though. I'm telling you right we'll now, we'll be back next week, and we'll get off. Yeah, the train. exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, this one, abcnews.com article, Johnny, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Huh. Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> the director there announced a shakeup citing COVID mistakes, Johnny. The head, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, of the nation's top public health agency is shaking up the organization with the goal of making it more nimble. Ha, ha. Um, so it goes on to say here that basically, uh, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, ha, huh, uh, is basically just doing a, a complete shakeup. They were, they obviously completely dropped the ball when it came to COVID. Uh, it comes amid criticism of the agency's response to COVID-19, monkeypox, other public health threats. Uh, the changes include internal staffing moves and steps to speed up data releases. Dr. Rochelle Walensky said, quote, I feel like it's my responsibility to lead this agency to a better place after a really challenging three years, end quote. John, did you know that the Atlanta-based agency has a $12 billion budget and 11,000 employees? And all they came up with social distancing. (laughs) (laughs) Twelve billion dollars. They came up with so six feet. Six feet is, is arbitrary. Yeah, because ten feet's too big and three feet's too small. The agency has long been criticized as being too ponderous, focusing on collection and analysis of data, but not acting quickly amid uh, against new health threats. Um, I would tend to agree. I everybody on Facebook that told me I was crazy when I was saying that in the early 2020s. Which is, <laughs> <laughs> I would like an apology now. Yeah. Um, experts said the CDC was slow to recognize how much virus was entering in the United States from Europe to recommend people wear masks, to say the virus could spread through the air, to re- and to ramp up systematic testing for new variants. Uh, we saw COVID that CDC structures, frankly, weren't designed take in information, digest it, and disseminate it. That sounds disgusting. Yes, it does. It really does. Um, so let's talk about this, Johnny. Uh, obviously, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, HA, has long been criticized here on Two Noobs ever since you and I really started the podcast. Um, you know, I wouldn't be I, shocked if they were criticized all the time, even before oh, yeah. us, because it's a ridiculous organization that it doesn't really do It really is. Like when you're, it's a government entity. When you have the name Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, control and prevent, right? I mean, that's your main task is to prevent, try and prevent, or at least limit the amount, the the amount of disease that does happen. Now, people get sick all the time. You're never yes. going to stop everything. No. But for crying out loud, like the or this this pandemic really caught everybody there flat footed, mm-hmm. flat footed. Mm-hmm. Like what? Like what do we? I guess my question to you would be: What do we try and do? Do we abolish it? I don't think we abolish the no, CDC. No, no you, you 
you need to reform everything needs to be reformed every couple years especially if it's government entity it needs to be reformed yeah. because uh, first thing you get in government work is you get tenure you get comfortable mm-hmm. and then you don't have to work that hard because yeah. government is designed for that they're not it's not like the private sector it's designed differently yeah um what you need is jacobs you need to be honest putting someone in charge with a term limit i i talk about this with politics all the time i think that where that should work in the cdc it should work in the nih the whatever yeah, fauci runs absolutely funded by the people there should yep. be term limits i totally agree that's like my only way, that's my only way to solve that i think would solve this problem is you need a new face you can't have these long-term bureaucrats mm-hmm. that have their own personal agenda a la anthony fauci yeah. for 90 years or however old that friggin idiot is yeah <laughs> you can't have you it has to be three or four and you're done like it has to be it's a, I, I, pre, I preach, it's my exact, it's my thing I've preached to you a million times, Matt, with the Senate and the mm-hmm. Congress where there need to be term limits. Just mm-hmm. take that that I preach all the time and put it on government. And I'm not saying government employees. I'm saying the directors. I'm not saying yeah. government employees are bad, but they need better directors. They need people that, that are in and out. Yeah, I would say minimum Minimum five, yeah. maximum 10 or something along those lines where mm-hmm. you have at least a stated goal of like, okay, yeah, this is what out, I want to go to the private sector and go talk about all your findings yep. in the CDC, but get out of the CDC because you need, you need fresh blood in there. You need, cause what happens if, <sighs> what happens if 10, you know, 10 years you're doing the same thing. Uh, you know, it's not, it's not always the, you're not always the go getter on Monday or Tuesday, but if you got someone fresh out of whatever that can fall right in that spot you can keep that energy up and that's what you need in things like this a terrific example that i would say from from my side personally would be my dad my father was Mm -hmm. the adjutant general state of pennsylvania now that is a government position for sure Mm -hmm. he oversaw every unit in the national guard in the state of pennsylvania both air and ground he was there for four years, could have had, if Gorbett had won the governorship, he probably would have been asked for an additional four. At that point, he's probably pushing into those late 60s. He even said to me, look, I was pretty much done by the time I was, by the time I had retired back in 2006, mm-hmm. I think it was. That would have been when he was 60. For him to come back, he was 64 to 68. And then it was like, if he did another four years, he was pushing to 72. He said at that point, I, I'm sorry. I'm out the door. I don't want to do this anymore. And I thought yeah. that is exactly the mindset you need to have, to your point, with Fauci. Yeah. Fauci's been there 45 years in the national, whatever it's called, NIAI, whatever it is. National There's Institute. There's something to do with allergy, and infection, and something else. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> national <laughs> Institute of Advanced. Yeah, of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. That's what it is. Fauci, Fauci has pissed me off so much, I can't even remember. <laughs> But your points, your points right on the money. The fact that he's been there for 40 some odd years, like, dude, come on. I mean, at some point you have to let it go. You got to retire. And it's like fresh, fresh blood and new ideas and thinking 
is needed. I, I completely agree You're with you. You're seeing this with the CDC right now because she's new. Yep. And, and I give her credit. Gonna, yeah, they're yep. going to make some changes, and that's that's what you need. You need this every couple years. Her you, asking, of, what can we do to change it? Yeah, we'll get out in four years and get someone else in there to make more changes. Exactly. Exactly. That's the thing. I think I'm giving Walensky the benefit of the doubt here. If mm-hmm. if she's able to institute a culture. She wasn't in charge. Exactly. If she's able to do it in a four, eight year span where it's like, this is our succession plan. This is what I want to have done. And again, I'm all in favor of lean six. If you're able to lean six, that some bitch, you know, yeah. talking with the CDC, I'm all in mm-hmm. favor of that. Oh, yeah. Because it is about getting the data out quickly, but also being ha- having the discussions internally to say, okay, this is what we need to have done rather than just throwing a blanket statement. And I think that's what c- killed their reputation. Because their so reputation too, yeah. was like everything, right? Everything was going to be blanket statement. Not everything was going to be like, not everything's the city of Philadelphia or the city of Dallas. People change, mm-hmm. but you know, there are people that move all the time, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You can't just restrict it, that kind of a deal. So we'll see. But hopefully, cross some fingers, right? (laughs) That's all we can do at this point. You know, John, I kind of like the countdown here uh, when it just flashes on screen. You don't see it, of course, uh, when we're doing the recording. So this is really cool. Riverside, big time thumbs up. In any event, John, topic three. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy. Like, what's happening here? (laughs) This This is a typical Zoom call. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is this is step up here. But um, John, speaking of, I guess you could say a lack of stepping up. This is a very yeah. interesting article here from NPR. Topic three, the idea of quiet quitting. Have you I mean, this is wild. Um, this is a apparently there was a TikTok video that was posted in July by a user that apparently went viral. 8.2 million views. Boy, I really wish we could have that. Maybe we will yeah. one day. The two new stalking. But um, basically, this got a lot of like positive feedback uh, from a lot of folks on TikTok um, sharing okay. their own experiences. Quiet quitting has been deemed a response to hustle culture and burnout at work. It basically says employees are quitting, going above and beyond and declining to do tasks that they are not being paid for. And so their their rationale of this is basically the idea of the quote unquote quiet quit is you're done at five o'clock. You're only doing your assigned tasks given by your manager. You're spending more time with your family. These are some of the common examples used to define the latest workplace trend called quiet quitting. Now, (laughs) quiet quitting though, I don't understand. You're, you're, everybody is fully capable when work is over. I've, I've never met, I've really never met managers that are like, you can't, you can't take vacation. You can't go home. You can't spend time with your family. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's the narcissistic society that everybody thinks that they're the best at everything. So maybe this is where quiet quitting is coming from. If you want to look at, if you want to clock out at five and go hang out with your family, I don't think anybody has a problem with that. The one, the one thing I can see the way this article is written mm-hmm. is people are saying that 
but still expecting that they're going to get all the perks of the job for going above and above and beyond, mm-hmm. even though they're not going above and beyond. Yeah, and that's that's where it's it's kind of weird. Like, I don't expect to be, I don't expect to get a pat on the back because I I do my job. Yeah. I do expect to be patted on the back if I go above and beyond. Heck yeah. That's the difference right there. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's where it really comes to fruition. If you go above and beyond and you don't get thanked for it, then you start kind of going like, hmm, what do I have to do? Do they really care? Yeah, I can understand it. But I I still don't consider that quitting because you're still you're still meeting your requirements of employment. You are you are working your shift and you are going home. Yeah. And guess what? If you're the idea of a perfect, that's what you want to do. Do that. Yeah. If uh, uh, that's a talk to your manager, to be perfectly honest, if you feel underappreciated, talk to your manager. Don't be a dick. You know, to be perfectly honest, don't hide it. Don't bottle it. You have yeah. the right to go to your manager and talk. You have the right to go to HR and talk to somebody in HR if you have a problem. Absolutely. They can't fire you for having an opinion. Exactly. Um, this is a great article here from NPR. Ed Zitron, who was uh, mm-hmm. basically is a media consultant. He runs a media consulting business. He believes the term stems from when companies exploiting their employees' labor and how these businesses benefit from a culture of overwork without additional compensation. See, now that right there. If that's happening in a business, you have every right to get the hell out of the business, but while oh, remaining yeah. productive. That's the oh, big yeah. difference. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I recently, in my job, uh, Johnny, the company I worked for, we had someone that mm-hmm. basically was like, was being approached uh, in the accounting department and saying like, hey, you know, is there anything we can do? Have we noticed that your productivity is sliding just a little bit? Mm-hmm. Is there anything we can do to help you to try next day out the door? Like she up and quit. No, like, wow. Like she torched her bridge basically at that point. And it's like, that was, that's amazing to me. Like here's a company that's reaching out to somebody, to someone in their organization and saying like, we're noticing this is you're slipping here. Yeah. How can we help? How can we help you? That's a big deal. Di- that's a huge difference. Well, as that's, opposed- a po- that's a positive, but I can see how it's taken as a negative. And that's, as a negative. That's, maybe they sent the wrong person mm-hmm. to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. Maybe they sent the wrong, yeah, maybe, maybe the voice wasn't the right voice that that person needed to hear. Well, you never, you never know. Friends. I don't know. Things can go, yeah, things can go off the rails with work um, any which way. Mm-hmm. But... I don't, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand the whole, you know, getting back to getting back to basics, and I, I'm going to work my nine to five, and I'm not doing anything. That just seems very narcissistic to me because not many jobs are required to do a lot, and Steve has said this podcast a lot. Yeah. Normally, working an eight to five or a nine to five, you're not working all that time. Mm-hmm. There's lunch and there's breaks and there's. You know, yeah. people that are on social media, like that, like that's the one thing. Let's pull the wool off of that. Like, yeah. the, every, you are hard for for eight hours. Come on. No, you don't. Like, no, nobody no, does. You don't. That was one of the funniest things I saw on LinkedIn. To be perfectly mm-hmm. honest, Johnny was like this pie chart written up by this. I think it was like a CTO or CEO, 
I was like, yeah, you know, it has this huge pie chart and 5% of it was like getting coffee. 10% was work, mm-hmm. you know, was actual like, you know, small talk. 85% was actual work or something along those lines. And then remote work was 100% work. And I was like, that's bull. That's yeah. not even true at all. With the invention of social media and the invention of so many things, streaming services. And yeah. could you imagine? There, we literally right now, Yep. As recording this, there are multiple things going on. Yeah. This I, I work fine like this. Yep. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it, it can, and most people can. So you're not telling me that if there was a 130 baseball game on with with you know said Phillies fan, you know, mm-hmm. at home, you know, working, you know, trying to meet a deadline that he doesn't have the Phillies game on and maybe he Maybe he's, you know, what? Maybe they took the kid out of daycare because they don't mm-hmm. need to because he's home. So you got to take care of the kid while you're working. Like, come on, like it's, it's not. It's yeah, not, it's not. Reality is, people give the best that they can every day that they get, and they can exactly. This this mm-hmm. is a very interesting couple of paragraphs. I want to read to you, Johnny. Here, it's a, mm-hmm. from someone that's working in project management, and that's a very demanding job. There's no question about it. You mm-hmm. get, you're coordinating a lot of different. You're doing scheduling, you're doing cost management, you're doing all kinds of things, making sure the project is done. Mm -hmm. Uh, This girl, Kristen, uh, basically says this, quote, I started to realize that all the hangups about being away from work to spend time with my kids, that was all me wanting to be a really good employee. But my work speaks for itself. Uh, She works in project management, a job that has afforded her the flexibility she needs as a mom of two. Although she would always make sure her work was done, she felt guilty whenever she needed to leave early or take a day off. That changed with COVID. Knowing that life could be short, I didn't want to waste it anymore all the time, just worrying about what kind of employee I was because my kids don't care what kind of employee I am. My kids care about what kind of mom I am. I don't think your boss really cares because if you're a bad employee, they would tell you you're a bad employee. Normally good employees don't get pats on the back all the time because it's the status quo. Like, and again, I keep thinking, where is her manager at that point from a human perspective? That's the mm-hmm. problem. If that's missing, John, then that's a totally different story, I think. Yeah, you know? I, I agree with that. If, if I if I could see that, if I didn't have the manager that I had, yeah, I could see how it could be a little more demanding. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, if the, and, and people people are different, obviously. Like managers will be different mm-hmm. in the way they done things. I know for my life, I've seen good ones, I've seen some really bad ones too. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, and yeah. I've seen ones that are in the middle that don't know really they're trying to figure it out as they're as they go along. But it's all about being a human being at the same time. Yeah. You know? It's kind of like you got to know like people are they have different needs and wants. And where do they see themselves? You know, actualization, all that kind of stuff. You know, that. But that's know. also, she needs to look inside herself because she's getting all, she said, I'm getting all my work done, but I had to leave early for my kids. I feel guilty. What do you feel guilty about? Your yeah. work's done. Your yeah. work's done. Your, your kids are, it, I, I always look at it with, with kids and work is I had a 50 50 responsibility for, to my job, but I also had a responsibility to the kids. So if they were sick, they were sick. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. Like you can't, mm-hmm. you can't, you, you got to work life balance does not exist. You need to do what you need to do when you need to do it. Yeah. Whether it's your health or it's your children or if it's your spouse mm-hmm. or if it's your job, there is no such thing as 
I travel for yeah. a living and work, and you know that puts a that puts a toll on my family relationship.、Mm-hmm. But but there, since there's no such thing as work life balance,、mm. we are, we are able to balance it as best we can. Exactly. Yeah, and that's I, all you can do, and you can't.、Mm-hmm. The worst thing, and this is this is people in my business and people in in any other business. The one thing you can't do is do not end your day worrying. Yes, if you're doing the best that you can、Absolutely. every day,、mm-hmm. you can't worry. Just because that just that adds stress to you. It doesn't add stress to the business. That doesn't add yeah. stress to the account you're. You're trying to do it doesn't attract anywhere else other than just on you. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think also to kind of piggyback on your point, don't bottle it in. Yeah. Don't bottle anything、yeah. in. Really, if there is a concern, if you feel as though that you're taking on too much, or you don't feel challenged enough, that is perfectly legit to、you、go out there. You absolutely have to. You have to have a voice. Yeah. Speak up and, and it, talk. And. And this is this this goes for this goes for work, but this also goes for relationships. If you don't feel like you can speak, get out of it. Yeah. Now, because it's not how humans work. Yeah. Or if you're hitting your head up against the wall. Yep. It's not. Get the hell out. You have every right to. You know? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. If you feel like you can't speak, that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Or that's a big. It is, and it's a big problem for companies, really. In terms of retaining their talent, if they're if they have a culture where they're hearing a lot of complaints but aren't doing anything about it, guess what? Your retention for your employees are going、yes. to go down. But and, one singular person can't change the culture. Yes, but a mass exodus can. Oh, <laughs> exactly, exactly right. Yeah. All right, John. Well, here we go. Topic four, and it's the Steve Murray. I, it's not the memorial segment. It's not that, but、uh, this is、uh, definitely sponsored by Barks Root Beer. Barks, it's good since 1898. It better be, since I'm opening it right now.、Uh, <laughs> When did they change that logo? Anybody can tell us that. Is it good? It's a while back, but yeah, it's it's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. I'll take that. Yeah, not bad at all. Uh, so, Steve, that is an honor. To you toast to you there, brother.、Um, but I I think you're.、Uh, Your article choices. <laughs> yes, we, we miss we miss you so much. So let's talk your article now. <laughs> <laughs> this is、um, this is interesting. Why mosquitoes are especially good at smelling you? And、uh, yeah, this is why mosquitoes suck, Johnny. Topic four. Yes. Hiding human odor from the blood sucking insects is harder than we thought.、Um, and it's true because there, I, I was out there. I was out on my patio. Johnny, why?、Mm-hmm. You know, just this last couple of days, and I have this whole like I think it's like the tiki torch, you know. So I have like these small、yep. little tiki torches, you know, that they give off an impressive amount of citronella. They still hang around. It's like, yep. Yep. hitting me still, with this.、Yep. It's like,、yep. oh my gosh, it's killing me. Some mosquitoes have a near foolproof thirst for human blood. Ooh, ah, 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 ah. Previous、funny. attempts to prevent the insects from tracking people down by blocking part of mosquitoes' ability to smell have failed. Yes, great. A new study hints it's because the bloodsuckers have built-in workarounds to ensure they can always、nice. smell us. So they're aliens, is what you're trying、yes. to say. Yes. 
Yeah, exactly. They they it are. Looks, that that looks that looks like a he's from a planet, not this one. Yeah, I'll, I guess I'll flash that um, uh, picture geez, of that mosquito on screen. Why not? You know, just extra ugly. Yeah, it's just our not like just I'm on but I'm just. John, the study provides the most detailed map yet of a mosquito's sense of smell and suggests that concealing human aromas, human aromas from the insect could be more complicated hmm. than researchers thought. Repellents that block mosquitoes from detecting human-associated scents could especially be tricky to make. Maybe instead of trying to mask them from finding us, it would be better to find odorants that mosquitoes don't like the smell. That's very interesting by a neuroscientist in the University of California. Um, such repellents may confuse or irritate the bloodsuckers and send them flying away. There you go. Effective repellents are a key tool to prevent mosquitoes from transmitting disease-causing viruses, such as the Zika virus, dengue virus. Yes. Uh, mosquitoes are responsible for more human deaths than any other creature, said Olivia Goldman, a neurobiologist at Rockefeller Center in New York City. The better we that understand them, not. the better we have we can can have that these does not help my fear of mosquitoes. No, right there. Yeah, you and I, I think, are prime candidates for them. I have a flat-out fear of mosquitoes. I don't want to be mm. I, a mosquito bite to me is like it's. It's I, the I, worst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the hippie jibbies. Yeah, I, I'm with you, yeah. man. I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> um, it's just really just, and it don't matter. Like, yeah, I, I don't. I, I, have, I don't. I don't swat flies. I don't kill bees. I don't. I, I spiders. I let you know as long as it's not you know, or you know the, the largest spider in the world or one that's like six foot walking across the street. You know, like a regular house spider. Like I don't bother most insects, but mosquitoes. It's war. Like because oh, they can is. give me they can give me disease, and I don't I don't I don't. Like oh yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm, I am, and I am all in favor. Right now about it. Yeah. Oh yeah, I am all in favor of killing them to like obliteration. Yes, I want them yeah. nu you know, nuclear bomb to death. Obviously, yes. yeah. They are because I can't tell you how many times I've been bitten. So many different times over the Ugh. course of my adult and young life, and it's ridiculous. It's like I, I too shower. You know, <laughs> I try. You know, and it's, it's like it doesn't problem. matter. Maybe it they is. like. Maybe they like what you're using. You know, and I've tried low-lying. I've tried everything, Johnny. I don't know about you. I mean, I've tried. And what makes it worse is, like, I'm in a low-lying area where I live. You yeah. know where I live, right? In the condos yeah. here in King of Prussia. And it's a low-lying area. And a lot of wastewater mm -hmm. comes through here, obviously. And uh, yep. rainwater and all that kind of stuff. So it lingers sometimes. And that attracts them. You know, so I've tried everything from spraying everything down to, you know, mm -hmm. to the off and yeah, and now citronella and it just doesn't, it's it doesn't a chore. Like, yeah. It does not seem like they, they are warded off by much. No. Um, they feed on people home uh, in, well, let's see, mosquitoes that feed on people home in on a variety of cues when hunting, including body heat and body odor. Insects smell their uh, usually uh, use their antennae and small appendages close to the mouth. Using three types of sensors in olfactory nerve cells, they can detect chemicals such as carbon dioxide from exhaled breath or components mm. of body odor. How about that? Researchers, researchers thought that blocking some sensors might hide human scents from mosquitoes by disrupting their smell messages sent to the brain. 
But even those sensor-deprived mosquitoes can still smell and bite people. It's crazy. Um, so they've added fluorescent labels to nerve cells or neurons to, to learn new details about how the mosquito brain deciphers human odors. That's interesting. Surprisingly, yeah. rather than finding the typical uh, single type of sensor per nerve cell, the team found that individual mosquito neurons appear more like sensory hubs. So they kind of sense where we are. It's interesting. Um, I need to I need to ask Steve this question when hmm. he comes back. It, are they talking like predator censoring? Ah, like the movie Predator. That's there. You is, go. Is that what they're talking about? Because that's what it sounds like they're talking about. Some cells. There's produce, your homework, Steve. There you go. <laughs> Some cells produce electrical signals in response to several mosquito attracting chemicals found in humans. And uh, they list a couple that I cannot pronounce. <laughs> uh, nor do we need to. Uh. <laughs> it's unclear why having redundant ways of detecting people's odors might be useful to mosquitoes. Different people can smell very different from one another. Maybe this is a setup to find a human regardless of what variety of human body odor that human is emitting, said co-author Meg Younger, a neurobiologist at Boston U. So maybe they're on the case, Johnny. Yeah. yeah, maybe I they're on the case. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Just, I don't think there's any way to, hopefully we'll be able to, we can't, you know, they have their place in this world, apparently. Mosquitoes. I, no, they don't. <laughs> there has to be some kind of repellent that'll keep them from, the problem, it, the problem isn't just the individual bite. It's the, the diseases that they carry and they're really good at making diseases yeah. Jump from tribe to tribe and, and, and place to place. And yeah. that, that is that is the biggest problem. Oh, no question. Yeah, no question about I it. I mean, just the yeah, yellow fever, malaria. Uh, you name uh, it. The yeah. Zika virus, the one I, the, I, I don't even know what that one is. <laughs> <laughs> Never even heard of that. <laughs> yeah, of course, like you're thinking like, you know, Corona, you know, and it's like, a, could they carry the coronavirus? Who knows? But I mean... Well, Fancy will tell you they can, even if they can't. So, well, just remember that. Yeah, it's just it. It really is. They're such an annoyance too. They just they buzz around and they are mm-hmm. difficult to swat. I can tell you because it's usually like like that, and it's like oh crap, you know. And it's like you miss it, and it's like damn it. But then when you get it, it's so satisfying. So incredibly <laughs> satisfying. I'll tell so you. Just, I'll tell you a fun little story there. When we lived in Dallas, we had we had mm-hmm. huge vaulted ceilings. I mean, talking mm-hmm. like twenty two feet. Like in our living room, it was it was a beautiful, beautiful yeah. apartment that we lived in, and we had a house spider. Um, had a nice little web. I mean, he it, it for what we were there for a year, so he was he was he was handling that corner very well. I mean, it looked it looked beautiful, and it there was so go. high up. Why why would you even bother him? Mm-hmm. We had a mosquito that was flying around, and we were trying to kill it, but we didn't have to because it flew and it got stuck in the web and the spider handled it for us love it what i need johnny more of actually is dragonflies they eat mosquitoes and they are terrific that's probably why i don't that's probably why i don't see too many mosquitoes around here because of how many dragonflies i see in a day yeah see that's and there's not that many around here and i would love for dragonfly i would need a pet dragonfly maybe that's what i need (laughs) 
you know, call him like Daniel Bryan's, you know, Brian Danielson or something like that. Have him be yeah. the dragonfly all over the place. I mean, that would be great. You know, if I could just, you know, harness him, that would be awesome. Nice. Um, but nice. yeah, it's like, nice whisper. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I've never had like, surprisingly with all the mosquito bites I've had to endure, I've never been sick from them. You know, I've never gotten but, sick or anything of that sort. So it's like, that's been really good. Me neither. It just skis me out. But it, yeah, it's just yeah, the, it the bites out. itself. And yeah, just, yeah. I don't like the itch. So. Oh yeah. No. And that's the best thing about this. It's like, I just picked this up the other day, bug bite balm. It's kind of like the afterbite. So it's like, I just oh, cool. saw this. It was out. It was not in CVS. It was in the Wegmans over the other store. So it was like, oh, okay. Went and just bought a couple of those things. So I have them, and you know, for a couple of years. So it's like that'll be cool. So I'll be happy about that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly right. Well, John, that wraps up yes. episode ninety-eight of Two Noobs Talking. Man, um, kind of like throwback to the old days but on a brand new platform i mean this is going to be pretty freaking cool love it can't wait to and see it yeah it should be a lot of fun it should be absolutely a lot of fun uh seeing the the new audio and the new video we'll see see how it all goes out but yeah it's been it's great to be able to sit and chat with you for a few minutes and uh yeah having a lot of fun a pleasure thank you absolutely uh, so where can people find us on the socials? Shameless plugs. Steve's on vacation, yeah. so probably nowhere. But um, <laughs> normally what happens, yeah, normally <laughs> what happens is uh, we're on Facebook Reels, TikTok, uh, regular Facebook, our Two Noobs page. If you don't follow us on Facebook, follow our Two Noobs page because we put short videos there. We put it on Reels. We put it on TikTok. We put it on Clapper, uh, Instagram, Instagram Reels, uh, and Twitter. Heck yeah. And that leads us to... Yeah, that's our main YouTube channel, the Two Noobs Talking Podcast. Of course, love it if you like, share, subscribe, and get notified when our episodes drop, Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, on the audio side, too, there we're also probably hosted by Podbean. We're going to do a massive, like, episode catch-up um, because yeah, we, they, we kind we of... definitely need to do that. Podbean puts us out everywhere. So yeah, it gets us out everywhere, anyway, right? Get your podcast. Yeah, uh, iHeartRadio. Shout out to Glenn. Um, we're on Spotify. We're on Apple. We're on a bunch of Google. other things that I, I don't know. Google Podcast. Uh, you can, you can. We're, we're Googleable, so you can type us. You can type two noobs T W O or T O O. It doesn't matter. Um, in the Google, and it will take you somewhere. Uh, we're we're easily found. Yeah. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Well, that's it, John. Episode 98 in the books. It's on the 99, the Wayne Gretzky episode. Thank God. I can't wait to talk about that dude forever. Yeah, that'll be topic one, I think. Yes, but until one then. Favorite. One of my exactly. favorites of all time. Absolutely. Until then, talk to you all next week. Take care. If you don't read the newspaper, you're uninformed. That's a great question. What is the long-term effect of too much information? One of the effects is the need to be first, not even to be true anymore. 